Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror, gore, sci-fi, fantasy, gems in the rough, little-seen movies, movies that need to be discovered. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and today is going to be my first episode uh, with a quote-unquote somewhat official co-host. That would be uh, the guy that I do my show, or his show with on Movie Freaks, and that's Eric Marner. So, Eric, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, how's it going? I'm glad to be here on your show. I've been enjoying uh, all of your uh, doctorate thesis on uh, the <laughs> underbelly of, the, of all that is cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been looking forward to adding some uh, other genres into the mix because all genres have a soft underbelly. That's uh, right, they do. Wh- horror just has the most of them. Yes. And yeah. uh, you are... I don't know about master or expert, but you're right up there. That is your field. I've got a couple other fields that I thought I could maybe bring some attention yeah. to. And uh, anyway, glad to be here. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I knew I was starting to kind of jump jump the shark when I did an episode on uh, on the Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption because those are two like award winning non soft underbelly type movies. But I'm like. I, you know, I can only talk about uh, Italian cinema so much. I need, I need some, uh, some fresh creative juices going on here. Not that, sure. not that it wasn't fun talking about Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile, but that's starting to get into very, very, not starting to, that is very mainstream right. uh, film. And I want to try to keep this to movies that people are like, what? I've never heard of that. So, and I think that on your very first episode on, on this show, uh, that you have a couple of gems, but I want to start the show off by uh, asking you um, because Friday the Thirteenth is coming up. I thought that we would just kick this off real quick and uh, to talk about uh, what we're going to be watching on Friday the Thirteenth or thereabouts around there. Because usually, I'm guessing that for me, I always watch a horror movie on Friday the Thirteenth whenever that date rolls around, and I'm guessing you do too, or at least mm-hmm. you try to. Yeah, yeah, and there's uh, I believe four of them this year. And uh, I, I'm going to be watching, I think all the, or, or the majority of the Friday the 13th are on Netflix now, so um, I think I'm going to watch, boy, I don't know, I was thinking about watching 1 and 2, but I'm thinking now that I might actually just go to 2 and 3, hmm. um, because of the first one, it, it's classic, but it's got so many slow parts for so long, you know, until you get the big reveal, Yeah, uh, obviously. And I want to see yeah. Baghead, and then with the with the hockey mask. That's what I want to see again. <laughs> it's been mm. a while. Yeah, uh, what's what I think is so cool about Part Two is the fact that it is it's one of the shortest running time Friday the Thirteenth. It's only eighty eight minutes, and that's with end credits. So that movie keeps moving briskly, and right. uh, especially because they catch you up very quickly in the beginning on what happened in the first one. Um, my only com- well, my only complaint with almost all of the Paramount Friday the Thirteenth is obviously the cuts that the MPAA made, and the fact that most of that footage is lost or in such bad shape that uh, we'll never see the original original versions of these movies. But they're still what they are, and they are what they are, and I love them, mm-hmm. and they're they're kind of required viewing for any horror horror aficionado or someone that is into slasher movies from the eighties and. Uh, I am diehard, and you you enjoy them as well. 
Uh, yeah, I do, but it was a hard-fought battle to get me to enjoy them. At one point, I remember I was like, I'm going to go through all these so I can say that I watched them, and I started running them from Bob's in Millersburg, and then he went out of business or something. I didn't get to finish them. Then I finished them on Netflix when I was still getting mailers, uh, and I was like, okay, I've been through all of them. I'm done, and then I watch a clip where they... Uh, on YouTube, where they show clips of each of the entries in Friday the 13th, and I was like, "Man, I gotta, I gotta go watch those again." <laughs> so there's something about that series that's kind of addictive, and you're like, you know, a lot of them are very similar, obviously, but then you start seeing or thinking about flashbacks of them, and you want to go through them all again. You're exactly right. Uh, I, there are certain ones that I watch much more than others, and ones that. Um, like, I'll think about certain scenes, I'm like, I need to watch that again. And even the, the, the last time I watched Jason Lives, which is probably going to be what I watch, uh, that's part six. Uh, the last time I watched it, I remember starting it and thinking, oh, man, I just watched this. Why, why am I watching this again? And then I sat through the whole thing. And I have a feeling that I, it's going to be the same way next time I pop it in. I'm like, oh, I just, it feels like I just watched this. But I've watched these movies so many times over the years uh, that, you know, I just, they're, they're kind of second nature to me. But yeah. I, so, I'll have, so, I have to and, look, though. If Jason X is on there, I need to watch that one again, because I don't think I've seen that one since it came out, and I remember, like, nothing about it, except that I remember thinking it was pretty bad, uh, but funny. And yeah. so I kind of want to revisit that one, because it's been so long. Yeah. The only one that is borderline unwatchable for for me is J- Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, and part, part of it is, I think, because it is way too long. It's an hour and 45 minutes, and everything about it is just, ugh. Kane Hodder's the only the only good part about that movie. And in, in like the last half an hour, isn't he just walking around New York? It's just like getting yeah, Van, into shenanigans, yeah. and it's just like, come on, this, it does yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's it, Vancouver, also known as New York City. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and there was a couple of exterior New York City shots with Jason, but for the most part, it's all side street Vancouver. Hey, it was I, something about that movie. Rewatching it. I'm like, this thing is really not good. There's a couple parts that I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool Jason stuff, but for the most part, that was that was a chore. Is there any one of yours going through the um, whole... Oh boy, I seem to remember, like, the Crispin Glover one, and, like, right in that area of four and five, something like that, where I was just like, come on, man, this is just <laughs> bad. I mean, they had their moments, but when uh, you're going through them, uh, just overload, because I'm watching one, I was watching yeah. one every night, and it's just too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Part five is where, I, well, I've already talked about this on your show, is where part five was really when you can start to feel an end of the classic slasher, and then an intro into the hair metal slasher, is kind of how I... What year just, was that? That was 85 was when part five came out okay, and 84 because... was part part four and 84 still had that sound night deadly night feel the old like the film stock seemed older and then in 85 it just seemed a little bit more slick and a little bit more hair metal hair, hair metal is the closest thing yeah. that I can compare it to. Uh, um, uh, the reason I ask is because there was a very similar transition in a genre that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, but it was more around the area of about 81 82 uh, with mm-hmm. with kung fu films. Yeah, uh, you can tell a distinct difference uh, between a, a '79 movie and an '84. Uh, Interesting, because there was also a similar kind of transition there. Okay, anyway. well, and, and that's a great segue into into that because we've we've already talked about Friday the Thirteenth on your show and already on on Soft Underbelly. I've already hit on the 
Friday the 13th movies, but so I don't want to spend too much time on those. But yeah, I'd like to get into some stuff that you are bringing to the table. So sure. um, if uh, I guess the way I'd start this out is if if your area of quote unquote expertise would be horror, um, mine would probably be uh, Kung Fu movies, old, uh, old school Kung Fu movies and uh, some anime as well. I, I really love anime, and I, I, I guess a lot of the movies that are that I would talk about in anime wouldn't be considered that unknown. But that's that whole entire subgenre is kind of you're into it or you're not. So if you're into it, you know about all the stuff. And if you're only a little bit into it, then I have a lot of gems to show you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so there'll be some stuff there that I might want to talk about further down the road. Uh, yeah. But for today, uh, and I've been making a list of movies to talk about that are perfect for this show. Uh, but for today, I have a couple here. I don't know how many we'll get through, but yeah. the one most one that I, the biggest one I wanted to talk about was from 1991, called "Female Ninjas: Magic Chronicles Part One." If ever there was a film that fit into cinema's soft underbelly this is it this is softest of the soft of underbelly and <laughs> like you say a lot of times it's it's oh it's a film yes yes if you're actually going to classify it as a film it's bad but there's stuff in here that are is completely entertaining and that i've never seen in any other film by a mile and so it's worth watching kind of for that the background story is or the synopsis would be uh three ninja bodyguards uh, guarding this woman, and they uh, the woman orders they're they're under under attack. It's kind of complicated. They're under attack, um, and they she orders her three female ninja bodyguards to go sleep with her husband before he kills himself, um, so that they can carry on his seed slash bloodline to continue the battle against their enemies, which happens to be her grandfather, that mm. did not approve of her marriage. Uh, so they go and. They say, well, will your husband be virile enough to make love to all of us? And they say, don't worry, we have been trained in the sexual ninja arts. And of so course. They, of course they have. <laughs> so they go and sleep with him, and then he kills himself, and the woman is captured before she can kill herself and join her husband. And then you have the opening credits for this movie. Oh, that's wow. Where, that's where this movie begins, and it gets so bizarre from there on out. Um, the grandfather is pissed and wants the bloodline to be severed, so he sends uh, ninjas after these other three female ninjas to kill them. And the, each of the ninjas he sends has a new power, uh, and then they get c- killed in succession. Um, some of the powers they have include hypnosis powers, so that the girls want to immediately sleep with them. Um, another one, a guy has a special semen power where if he puts a drop of this semen on her skin, it will get into her blood and she will not be able to stop. She will not be able to do anything until she sleeps with him. Um, and third one was gender swapping where he blows this dust on a girl and then he can take the form of the girl and then they can get closer to the female ninjas and then attack. Um, but the female ninjas also have powers, which include what I call the anti-rape clampdown. For some reason, all these ninjas want to rape them. So they get in there and try to rape them, and the girls pretend to be helpless until they're in the act. And then the girls can clamp down, and they can't get away, you see. <laughs> um, another power, uh, she once she had him on the clamp down, she vacuumed blood from his entire body 
I'll let you use oh, your nice. imagination. Yeah, that's that awesome. Happened. And lastly, the uh, fetus transfer. So that they could save their king's fetus, they would move it between each other. Okay. So they never knew where it was. Oh, yeah, that, well, that makes sense. Yes, you see. <laughs> um, so, oh, oh I, I almost forgot. The, the guy that had the semen power with the drops, he could had a special pipe that he could blow big bubbles so it could float across the land and touch people, and then they'd be uh, possessed with him, you see. Ooh, man. So all of this sounds, ins- they use every special effect in the book, the old school special effects. It's, cr- it's crazy. The, the matte screens, the screens on top of screens, the flashy VHS, the strobe lights. It's, it's just a complete amalgam of all of the old school and a little bit of the 90s new school, which was just make you laugh. And I know a lot of this sounds uh, very sexual. Everything is all sex powers and blah, 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 blah. This film is not sexy. I think it barely qualifies even as like sexploitation, which is uh, the 70s, yeah. 60s, 70s, uh, where they were just uh, softcore porn excuses to get in sexual situations, and then you'd see some boobs, and that would be it. It was not yep. like hardcore intercourse. And this is similar, but there's nothing sexy about anything. It's not meant to be like truly titillating, I don't think. Uh, it just happens that they all have these weird powers. It's hard to explain. I know it maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I also have here, it's it's more funny than spicy. Some of these things are, yeah. just, are downright hilarious. Um, I have a VHS of it, and it, I'll show you, looks like this. Um, obviously, oh, wow. this is a some That's kind of awesome. boot, bootleg from way back in the day. Um, so I went to see if I could find a DVD copy of it. The only copy I've, I've found for sale online was... I was like, wow, there actually is a DVD. No way. So I started reading the description, and it said, uh, there is no cover art with this because this is a custom-burned DVD. Translation, somebody burned it themselves. There's no DVD copy available. This thing is completely out of print. I, <laughs> um, so is, is this thing, was it at one point on DVD, or was this? Is, do you no. think this is just a VHS I, I think it's a VHS dupe, yeah. Gee, wow. Yeah. And the the quality on the VHS, it's VHS quality, let me tell you. Yeah. It's nothing to phone home about. Uh, even in the credits, when the credits are scrolling, it looks homemade. It's very, very low rent. Um, Do you think, is this something that, was, was it actually shot on film, I'm guessing? I mean, yeah, this is I, 1991, so... Yeah, I, I believe so. Okay. Uh, I was also, I also have um, Part 2, Magic Chronicles Part 2, and... Uh, while I was looking online for more information, more background on the movie, there is barely, I couldn't find barely anything. Uh, I found out that there is like six, seven, eight, nine entries of this series. It's just ridiculous. I don't, I only have one and two. Uh, I'm going to try and watch those. There are ways to watch streaming online. They're all from shady sites and illegal download and stuff. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust any of that, to tell you the truth. Being this is one of those types of movies, does it go by other names or anything? Because so many of these Um, movies seem to have different names, and which I'm learning kind of that that from you is, you know, I'll tell you a certain movie, and you're like, wait, was that uh, actually Twin Dragons instead of blah, 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 blah? Right, exactly. (laughs) It was, there was another name, but it was a uh, Japanese name. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. Uh, Kunoichi Nino Pocho. (laughs) <laughs> that's what it's called so it, it is on imdb but there's just very little to be found about it i found some clips on youtube as well but i couldn't find like the actual movie again i if you just type in the name of the movie the things that come up are like hot share and uh, 
illegal. They're just all illegal download sites. I, I wouldn't recommend doing that at all. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad that something like that isn't at least on YouTube because there's a lot of older movies like that that are on YouTube that you that are readily available to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's too bad that it's not at least on YouTube. Well, and I wonder if it isn't just so out of print that it's mm-hmm. it's so obscure that it's just not on there. But there is a lot of nudity in it. It's all just kind of topless nudity. Um, so, yeah, that probably wouldn't last very long on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we could... We could rabbit trail down that yeah. road, but, but nah. you can find you can find clips of the movie of some of their different powers, and they're pretty hilarious. And there yeah. is some good um, uh, little gore shots here and there where they're cutting off arms and and heads and gores Does, splitting out a little bit here and there, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah, anyway. So this is one that you. It, it's not just like it's so bad it's good. This is actually one that you would say, "Hey, it's, I really enjoyed that movie." No, it's 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 so bizarre that you should give it a chance because it, you have never seen anything like this before. It's bad. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. It's bad, yeah. but it's brief. Like I, I think it's eighty eight minutes or something like that. It's it's less than an hour and a half. And the um the the worst part about it, I'd say, is is like the third act because it starts to kind of be serious and it drags a little bit. And then you know it's it's that first two thirds though is is where it's at with all the ninjas with their magic <laughs> abilities. Gotcha. But it's it's just so bizarre that one day we'll figure out a way to get this, get you to see this. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. know how, but we'll we'll find a way. Yeah, because I I no longer own uh, a VCR, or or I would say yeah, I'll throw it my way and I'll I'll take a look at it. Oh, uh, it's it's rough revisiting that medium. Let me tell you. Oh, I bet, I bet. But I do have a whole uh, office box full of uh, movies. I, it was like, oh boy, I want to say it was close to 10 years ago when there was the transition to DVD, and you could get a lot of deals at video stores, and one of my friends online said the video store she was working at was going out of business and wondered if anybody wanted a, a, a bunch of VHS, and she said she'd give me a whole office box for like 100 bucks, And I said, yeah, do you have any like old-school kung fu? And she said, I'll just... Go by the titles. I don't know what most of these movies are, and I'll send them to you. So it was a total crapshoot, and I literally mailed a hundred bucks to a person, and she sent me this box. It is so crammed full of obscure, random, weird stuff that I've never heard of, and I'm going to be working on going through it so we have more material for this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's great. There That's... is tons of stuff in here that is not available on DVD. Wow. And I know I've watched a handful of them, and they're all kind of gems in that underbelly rough. You know, they're yeah. not they're not great, but um, there's some weirdness in there. Well, and now that uh, and that's interesting because now that Blu-ray has so saturated the market, now is when we've talked about this on again on your show and on my show. I've talked about this uh, about how there are these very boutique niche labels that are coming out that are finding some of these extremely obscure movies. And getting the original film elements, cleaning them up, and get, finding people that were involved in the movie and, and releasing them. And I love to see that. I, I, that's so great to see that, that certain movies have completely skipped a format. Yeah. That there are certain movies that completely were never on DVD that are now on Blu-ray. That the last time you saw them were, it was on some crappy VHS. Uh, so I think that's great. I love to hear that. Well, I would have to buy an upgrade of it, and it's worth a watch at least once because it's. I'm not kidding. You'll spend three fourths that movie going, "What? I can't believe what I'm seeing," you know. But now, was that similar to like? Obviously, the storyline is different, but 
I kind of got the same feeling, that same weird feeling from Master of the Flying Guillotine, which is one of my favorite kung fu movies of all time. It, that was so bizarro with the uh, you know the guy with the arms that grow really 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 long and a very supernatural element to that movie. But it was so uh, Jimmy Wang Yu was in that movie. Yeah, and that movie kicked so much ass. I it loved does. that movie. It does, but a lot of old school kung fu, especially when they start dipping into supernatural elements, they have those elements. So that's not entirely unheard of or unseen. I've I've seen things like that before in other movies. Um, yeah. obviously lesser movies, but I've seen that kind of weirdness before, it, the, especially, like I said, when they start dealing with magic and, and, and things of that nature. There's yeah. another one in this box that I watched, and I can't remember what the title is, but i got to find it because it had tons of that supernatural stuff. Um, unless, yeah. yeah, this was like so much about sexual stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just cracks me up. But Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, to your point, yes, Um It'll give you that similar feeling, but it's a little more awkward with this one because it deals with sexual stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and see, like the movie that, you, like that movie, and and something like Master of the Flying Guillotine. Those, those feel like more B grade than like a Shaw Brothers production. Yeah, where there was a little bit more lush production values, a little bit better acting. Which uh, there's still, I've seen my fair share of Shaw Brothers movies that you're like, ah, oh, this is painful, but yeah. fun. Uh, but it seemed like Shaw Brothers were kind of that was kind of the pinnacle. Maybe yes. I'm wrong. You can no, correct no, me if that, I'm wrong. That that is pretty much the pinnacle. <laughs> <laughs> and I even I haven't even seen that many Shaw Brothers because um, they've only they were only released started getting released about a decade ago with Quentin Tarantino yeah. uh, vying to get them uh, unvaulted uh, from overseas. And a lot of times now they're they're considered classics, and then to get them over here they're so expensive that I can't even afford. You know, it's like who can afford to blind buy them? And I think he unleashed like four hundred of them, or they did they did a ton, hundreds of movies. So yeah. to get your hands on uh, one here or there is about all I've been able to manage to do. Yeah, and even already some of their there's a couple Blu-rays out of Shaw Brothers movies, and already I know that there's a couple that are already out of print. So. Mm. I, a lot of times, like with these smaller movies that they don't have a huge draw, especially now with streaming, it just seems like a lot of times uh, these smaller companies, they can't mass produce tens of thousands of Blu-rays and some of these smaller labels go out of business or they do one to 2,000 print runs and then Ed's out of print. Uh, they never so know I, who's going to buy this obscure stuff. Yeah. So I understand yeah. why they do the smaller runs. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I've got Deadly Duo. There's one of them that I have that I believe is out of print. I'm not sure if it's Deadly Duo. Uh, I know it's not Five Deadly Venoms. I got Five Deadly Venoms, but I know that that thing is still in print. But anyway, there's one that is already out of print that is a, was a Shaw Brothers movie. So anyway, okay. um, continue um, on. Anyway, we probably have yes. to, we probably have enough time for one more. Yeah, I can squeeze one more in here. This one won't take too terrible long. Now, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, too, uh, or bring to light, are some of the lesser-known... Um, of my favorite of old school Kung Fu movies. Now these aren't necessarily horror or like uh, female ninjas or anything like that or anything magical. They're just ones that I think don't get enough attention. Um, one of which I bought this VHS from the Xenon entertainment group. <laughs> um, they're one of those distributors or smaller ones. This other one I have here, uh, arena. Do you remember them at all? Yeah. You probably would if you have showed me the symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one is from 1979, and the VHS version I have is called They Call Me Fat Dragon. That's P-H-A-T. 
Oh, that's great. <laughs> Starring Samo Hung, the legendary... Oh, him. Yes, yes, yes. him. <laughs> this is also called The Incredible Kung Fu Master uh, on IMDb, if you want to look it up there. Okay. Um, the story is Kung Fu Ching has mastered the fighting styles of two feuding teachers. This is the skinny little guy in the movie. Um, but will take more than that for him to defeat the unholy llama and his eight lippers. Ching stripes, strikes up a bizarre friendship with the fat dragon, Samo Hung, a peculiar master to whom Kung Fu is a metaphor for food. His fatness prepares Ching for battle by putting him through the most intense workout ever committed on film. Um, and this was directed by Samo Hung as well. Uh, this is an early one directed by him when he was on his way up. He now directs, uh, has directed more and more and more over the years and is one of the biggest names in China. Uh, oh. And there are different um, sections of old school kung fu that you tend to expect with every entry. And that is a young learner, pupil guy who gets beat up by another school or some local bully or a warlord. And then the training montages... Um, under the new master, and then the the revenge. That's that's it. That's the basis of every single movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yep. The but the ones that really this is one of those that really stands out. The training montages in this are insane. The comedy in this is insane. Uh, it's absolutely hysterical movie uh, with amazing martial arts all the way through. And uh, if you don't know a little history with Samo Hung, him and Jackie Chan were both were friends, and they were both in the running to come be the next Bruce Lee, make the journey to America after Bruce Lee died, and be, you know be carrying that torch. Jackie Chan's better looking, so he won out. A wow, lot of people really? Say, a lot of people say that Samo Hung's the better martial artist, and this no movie, this is one of those movies where he is a rotund fellow. And moves like lightning. You, it's unbelievable the stuff that I, I've never seen a guy move as fast as he does in this movie. It's no amazing. kidding. Oh, that's that's cool. It's genuinely a fantastic film. I, I hope if it's not, it's probably on DVD somewhere. I didn't look too hard. I need to find it. Um, but I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it so many times. It's it's unbelievable. But his little pupil guy grows up and does better and fights the bad guy and. Yada yada. It's a, your typical kind of story, but it it, yeah. it really pays off in its comedy, um, and like I said, its training montages are extreme to the max. Have you seen thirty thirty sixth Chamber of Shaolin? I can't remember if I have or not. I think I, I have. have. That's one I have on Blu-ray. That thing okay. is fantastic, and that's sure that got I some have. of the best training montages. For uh, you've seen way more than I have of, of these, but I, that yeah. one sticks out with a great training montage. Uh, and I like what you what you're saying about like the whole the the plot synopsis. It, it that is used so often in kung fu movies, and the same can be said for for the slasher movie. It's basically the mm-hmm. same setup. It's just how it's executed. Is it executed well, or is it complete and utter crap? Yeah. And so this this one here sounds a little bit more like executed well, not uh, oh absolutely not a complete. I'm not kidding. Okay. I've about worn this tape out. <laughs> I've seen it that many times. So, and this one here is, uh, you're not sure if this one here is available on DVD? Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't check. I, I think it probably is, and I didn't know that it had this other name until I uh, did some some research on it. But maybe if I search for The Incredible Kung Fu Master instead of Fat Dragon, which was a yeah. cheap 1999 cash-in title, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is the, I, is the dubbing... I, yeah, yes. And this one is, I do know it's on YouTube. I do, okay. yeah, So you can watch it there. Uh, I do think it is available on DVD. An old Wu-Tang Clan thing. Hmm. 
Yeah, Wu Tang Clan uh, did a, a series as well. It was another one that I was going to talk about was uh, Wu Tang got the rights to some of their favorite kung fu movies and got them released. Uh, but yep. we'll save this one for another show. Uh, so I, because I have a handful of that series as well. Literally, the Wu Tang Clan, the rap group, which named themselves after a series of martial arts films from the Wu Tang. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, yeah, I'm, and I'm looking forward to talking more about some of these older kung fu type movies because I I know that there's tons of horror movies that I'd like to talk about, uh, but I just after a while I'm like I'm kind of hor- I don't want to say I'm horrored out, but it, it gets repetitive after a while. I'm like, yeah. oh okay, another another episode of Italian horror, another episode of slasher movies. I'm like, okay, I want to bring some different genres into this. And I know I have done some other stuff with different genres, but. Uh, having someone else to volley back on because you know way more about kung fu than I do, and so I don't want to sound like a oh, even bigger bigger got, idiot than I already oh, no, sound no, no, like. You're good, you're good. Uh, <laughs> I've got uh, yeah, I've got other genres up here as well. I've got um, boy, I don't even know what drama, samurai, kung fu. I mean, uh, I'm gonna throw yeah. some anime at you as well. I've got I've got good. some stuff that uh, I think needs more attention yeah. from people who aren't necessarily into these genres uh, and you know, could maybe get yeah. into, like, say, anime. Um, yeah. If they well, I'll tell you one th- the right direction. Yeah, and one thing that these shows, uh, your show and this show, I think, hopefully my show, has done is t- uh, to get people to watch things that they normally wouldn't. At least on Movie Freaks, there's definitely tons of movies that I've now watched that I normally probably wouldn't have, but it's because we're talking about them and they're either in the roulette that we do or it's one that you're like, you really have to watch this, and so it gets yeah. added to the list and checked off so that's that's good me too i agree yeah so anyway well hey that's going to do it for this show uh thanks for being on the show and looking forward to a lot more of these so that uh we can spice the show up a little bit and uh uh especially what you talked about today that fits perfectly with soft underbelly material good Um, i I hope i can keep bringing it Oh, yeah. So, of course, you can uh, get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. Make sure that you check out our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks and uh, Eric's own show, Movie Freaks. They're both on iTunes. Just do a search. They're over there. And um, thanks again for listening. Please feel free to email me with any comments, questions, movies that you think that we should both watch or movies that uh, we should avoid like the play because we want to know about those movies. So uh, until next time, thanks for listening.